Well, hello, everyone, and welcome once again to Centuries and Saints. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. This is Scott, your host, and I'm excited this week. We are going to both continue and conclude our look at the faithfulness of God. Our previous episode, we began looking at this attribute of God, and so I am excited today to finish this up. And then next week, and for the next three weeks, we are going to be looking at what theologians call the omnis of God. Omnia, a Latin word which means all. And so we will be looking at God's power, God's presence, and God's knowledge through that rubric. I'm really excited for that. But I'm also excited again for today, looking at the faithfulness of God. So stay tuned. Let's get into it. And I will come back at the end of this teaching with a few closing words. I am joined, thankfully, mercifully, by my good friend and fellow theological teacher, Colin Redmond. For crying out loud, I am not uh, <laughs> any of those things. Hey, as Sproul says, everyone's a theologian. Yeah, so, that's true. Yeah. Uh, thanks for joining me, man. Um, I am thankfully sort of on the tail end of this cold that's been going around, but uh, my voice today, I feel like in my head I sound like Darth Vader. My voice, this is all nasty and low because this... Yeah. Colin, I am your father because of this whole uh, cold thing. So I'm thankful, Colin, that you've uh, helped me out here. And hopefully my voice will hold out for this final teaching of the day. God is faithful. God is faithful. And speaking of faithfulness, uh, last week uh, we've been doing for the last couple of months a series on the attributes of God, just getting to know God better, who he is and how he's revealed himself to us in his word. And uh, to lead us into just a greater appreciation for who he is and um, just greater worship of him. And so last week we started looking at the faithfulness of God. And uh, we looked at the Hebrew word chesed, which is used for love all through the Old Testament, which denotes uh, God's covenant keeping faithful love for his people. And then we took a look at Galatians 3 and how the Apostle Paul told us that God promised the new covenant, the gospel, to Abraham back in Genesis, and although 430 years later on Mount Sinai, he gave the law to Moses, uh, Paul makes the point that God's promise to Abraham of the new covenant was not nullified by the giving of the old covenant, the law, which means, and Paul's using that in Galatians 3 uh, to just point out the fact that God is faithful. He never forgets his promises, and he never fails to fulfill them. And so we took a look at some of those examples last week. Uh, Well, this week, we're going to continue our study uh, of the faithfulness of God. And Colin, for my research and study for this, I watched a YouTube video of uh, Francis Chan, who's a fantastic teacher. Crazy Love. Crazy Love, a great book that Francis Chan wrote. He also wrote The Forgotten God and Erasing Hell, kind of a response to Rob Bell's book. Love wins. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Francis Chan's a fantastic uh, pastor and teacher, and he has a really, really good way of uh, taking things, concepts, and truths of the scriptures and boiling them down in his teaching and making them sort of come alive, if you will. Mm-hmm. He's really good at that. So um, he was talking about God's faithfulness, actually, at one of the Passion Conferences in Atlanta. Uh, I did that, and I used that for some of my research this week as I was studying and preparing. And Colin, there's a quote from that teaching that I want to I want to read here, and before we kind of get into this, and it's just this. This is so good, so important. It's very basic, uh, but it's really profound as well. 
And here's what he said. God's promises can be trusted. Right? Yeah. There you go. And, and in my notes, I kind of wrote, you know, duh. Obviously, that's very simple. <laughs> it's kind of like Christianity 101. But it's so important. And we really need to get this deep, uh, you know, into our hearts and really take hold of this truth that our God is faithful. His promises, his word, the things he does, he can be trusted. Yeah. God, God alone is the trustworthy one. He is worthy of trust. He's proven his worthiness of our trust. Uh, because through all of human history, he has never once failed uh, to fulfill and perform his word. And the things he has said, he does without Amen. fail. I think about something that just pops in my head. I was watching a debate between a, a secular, atheist, progressive fella. Yeah. Um, and he was arguing against, um, uh, what's his name? Craig... I don't know. <laughs> he's a famous Christian theologian dude, and he's cool. an apologetics guy. Yeah. And they were debating each other. And the thought that popped in my head is, you know, he's basically saying, you know, he has, he doesn't believe anything. He wants to know things. Right. And even though science is constantly changing, we know <laughs> throughout history, you know, the age of the earth or, yeah. you know... I don't know. Yeah. I'm not trying to be political here, but global warming, you know, and how that's now called climate change, right. you know, and, and all these changes, science changes. Yeah. But the word of God does not change. <laughs> I have, a, I have a quote here from, there's a website that I recommend to you guys. Check it out. Gotquestions.org. Yes. Great, great website. <laughs> they have a million questions on there. You basically can ask anything. Yeah. And they have written articles in response to these questions, giving scriptural analysis and just basically just answering it from the Bible. Yeah. So when we study God's word, a pattern emerges. We learn that God never changes and never lies. Amen. We learn through scripture that God has never failed in the past. He was always true to his word as he worked in the lives of the ancient Israelites. Mm -hmm. When he said he would do something, he did it. We begin to build trust upon his proven character. We can trust that God will be true to himself. He will never cease acting like God. He will never cease being sovereign, being holy, yeah. or being good. Amen. I love that. Hmm. What a great quote. And that's so true. God is faithful. And the great thing, as we know from Scripture, Colin, like you were just saying, is that God doesn't change. He says, I, the Lord, do not change. Mm -hmm. you know, God is eternal, and his nature, his character, who he is, does not change, does not vacillate, you know, which mm -hmm. is really great, uh, because if you think about it, the fact that God knows all things, and God's eternal, which means he's always known all things, right. which means... Uh, that in a sense, God doesn't react to things, which is really good news mm -hmm. because he already knows He already knows us. And I say that because I know that all of us, uh, at times I do this, I'll have a day where I feel like I've done pretty well. And I'm like, yeah, cool. God's, God's got to be happy with me today. And then I'll have a day where I don't do as well, <laughs> which happens a lot. And I start to think, oh man, like I'm sure God is, you know, this close to just tossing me out. You know, but that's not the case. 
You know, mm-hmm. God doesn't change. He doesn't react in those ways. He already knew. He doesn't have human flaws. Yeah. He knew the day you would have. Right. And the cool thing about that is that, as Innes Francis Chan was pointing out, and I really want to drive home, if God has said, for example, I believe it's in Ephesians, uh, that he, you know, he, or Philippians, he who which has begun this good work in you will be faithful to complete it till the day of Jesus Christ. Speaking of our salvation, if he's promised that which he has, that means he's going to do it. Right. Which is fantastic news. <laughs> and I think it's Lamentations three twenty two to 23. Yeah. It says, because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. Yeah. For his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Amen. Great is your faithfulness. Amen. Great is your faithfulness. Yep. Amen. That famous hymn. <laughs> great is thy faithfulness. Absolutely. It's so good, man. Yep. And Deuteronomy 7, 9 says this, know therefore that the Lord your God is God the faithful God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. Mm-hmm. God is faithful. We see the faithfulness of God down to a T yeah. where when Jesus came, it was in fulfillment of the prophecies like in Isaiah, you know, and, and he, he met all those prophecies we see yeah. in the first coming. Yeah. And he's still going to fulfill the prophecies that have yet to be fulfilled right. in the future, you know? Absolutely. Um, in, in At his second coming, all these prophecies are going to be fulfilled when he sets up his earthly kingdom. And righteousness, peace Amen. will prevail. Amen. Every tear will be wiped away. Yep. God's justice and shalom will prevail. He is yep. faithful. He is faithful. And, you know, it's, it's cool, Colin, speaking of that, uh, because we see in the New Testament in 2 Timothy... Uh, chapter 2, verses 11 through 13. Paul, it's his final epistle that he writes uh, before he is beheaded in Rome under Caesar Nero, uh, who was not the greatest guy in history. And in 2 Timothy 2, 11 through 13, Paul says this to Timothy. Uh, when Timothy, you know, is having some issues there in the church and he's afraid and he's kind of vacillating and he's a younger guy, relatively speaking, compared to Paul, you know, and, and the ministry is not easy. It's difficult work. And Timothy is just having some problems. And Paul writes to him. And in chapter 2, verses 11 through 13, uh, we read this. It is a trustworthy statement. For if we died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. Mm-hmm. Okay, so a great, great thing here that Paul writes to his protege, his disciple, uh, young Timothy. He says, Timothy, this is a trustworthy thing, and he gives him this litany of promises here regarding God's character and faithfulness. You know, and the promise is, look, if we died with him, we'll also live with him. Speaking of our salvation, mm-hmm. we were crucified with Christ and, and risen in Christ. If we endure, we will reign with him. And then Paul says something interesting here, and this is another aspect of the faithfulness of God that's important to look at. He says, if we deny him, he also will deny us, you know? And in context there of what was going on in the first century, I believe a lot of that had to do with the fact that the church uh, was being very heavily persecuted, both by uh, the established Jewish authorities and especially by Rome. And uh, Nero uh, was persecuting the church horrifically, localized in Rome mostly, And so there was a lot of pressure uh, from both the Jewish and Gentile authorities 
for Christians to apostatize and to forsake the faith and to turn from Christ and to either go back under the old covenant or to uh, embrace the false gods, the pantheon of Rome. Uh, And so both of those were big, big sources of temptation for the early church. We know scripturally uh, from the book of Hebrews and also from extra biblical historians. And so Paul says, look, if you endure, if we endure, we will reign with him. But if we deny him, he will deny us, Mm. you know, which is interesting because it's a reminder to us, church, that God in every way is faithful. You know, God is faithful. He says in his word, there is coming a day of judgment Mm -hmm. where, you know, um, all those who are not robed in the righteousness of Christ, uh, they will answer for their sins and they will face the wrath and the justice of God. All men are without excuse. That's right. God is faithful. For those of us that are saved, that are regenerate, robed in Christ, he has promised that he will present us faultless before his throne on the day of judgment, which means we have nothing to fear on the day of judgment, as 1 John 4 tells us. Because God, in both circumstances, God is faithful. He cannot deny himself. He won't deny his own justice and holiness. Neither will he deny his own mercy and compassion. Amen. God is faithful. I always it's think one of his attributes. <laughs> God is faithful in the very reason that we are faith-filled. It's just something go. I was thinking there's of. There's a good, there's a line. I Ephes- like it. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 2, I believe, it yeah. says we are saved by grace through faith. Right. And this not of ourselves, it is a gift of God, lest any man should boast. Yeah. The thought to me is when I hear that, the very faith that we have is a gift from God. Yeah. God is the giver. Not only faith, not only is he faithful, yeah. but he's the faith giver. That's right. And he fills us with faith. Yeah. And this is what saves us is this faith that he bestows in us. Right. And the thought that I had that come to mind is it's like we always question, you know, if I, if I had a gun to my head, would I deny Christ? And I, I thought of a historical little thing. And... um. I can't remember the man's name, but he's the writer of the hymn, I Have Decided to Follow Jesus. Mm-hmm. And the historical context for that hymn is that he was a missionary in India in the late 1800s, early 1900s, I believe. Yeah. And his family, there was a, there was a Muslim group in India that basically had taken him and held him captive yeah. and him and his family and they held weapons to their up to their children and to his wife and told him to deny Christ and he didn't yeah. and one by one they killed each of his family members mm. in front of his face yeah and he still did not deny Christ and when you think about the historical context <laughs> yeah. for that hymn, when you yeah. think about what that man went through, right. and then you remember the hymn, I have decided to follow Jesus, no turning back, no turning back. Yeah. The only way a man can make it through that right. is by the empowerment and work <laughs> of God's faithfulness right. in his life. Yeah. Absolutely. It's by the free gift of faith that mm-hmm. God had bestowed in him. Yeah. And and it's just a powerful thing to, to remember and to ponder, and especially yeah, when we really sing is. that song, yeah. to think about, you know, what the Lord, the faithfulness of the Lord and how good he is to right. us. Amen. Absolutely. I couldn't have said that better myself. I didn't know that uh, the history of that of that song. It's a great song, though. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And when you really frame it in that historical context, you know, it really, really is amazing. But again, it just brings more glory to God because it highlights his faithfulness, you know, and the stories of, you know, martyrs. If you guys have uh, never read Fox's Book of Martyrs, it's kind of brutal, but it's, it's really fascinating. And uh, it's a great book to read, all about just different saints throughout the centuries of the church that have been martyred for their faith, and, and they have endured. You know, even in the face many times of horrific violence uh, against them. And we may, how, how did they do that? Well, God is faithful. He who calls you is faithful, as the scripture says. And in those moments, if you need the grace to get through that, he'll supply it. Mm-hmm. Because he is what? Faithful. You know, he will not forsake his own. Right. Well, we, 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 we pull Romans 8.28 kind of out of context a lot, and we're like... And I actually talked about that last week, which is funny. Yeah. <laughs> we, we just are like, oh, yeah, everything's going to work together for our good, you know. But Paul's just told them that they are going to face problems. Right. But right before he says that. Right. And then he says in Romans 8.29, for those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image yeah. of Christ, and those whom he predestined he also or foreknew he also called those whom he called he also justified those yeah. whom he justified he also glorified yeah so from god's perspective you're already there like it's you done. know yeah it's a sealed deal right amen it's it's finished yeah we just need to confirm that we just need to yeah. know that we just yeah. need to follow after that amen and it, it's important to note that Every Christian is to be conformed to the image of Christ, right. you know? Yeah. And that verse should, should I don't know, shake you a little bit yeah. and make you think, you know, yeah. am I being conformed in the image of Christ? Because right. yeah. if I'm not, there's a problem there, sure. you know? Yeah. It's like in, in our day-to-day, like John talks about all the time, we live in a culture that's afraid to be known as haters, yeah. you know? <laughs> but we are to hate sin. Right. The Bible says that he yeah. is holy. Be yep. ye holy, yeah. you know? For I am holy. Right. And, you know, when we see verses like this, it's it's a reminder that yeah. we are to desire to be holy yeah. because the Holy Spirit in us is making us holy. Amen. Not only is he... I, I heard this yeah. one time. The Holy Spirit is the only uh, person of the Trinity whose title is holy. Right. But the Holy Spirit's not any more holy than the Father or the Son. I, I've heard... The application drawn from this is that the Spirit's job is to make us holy, mm-hmm. like God. Yeah, and and I think that that's really Amen. cool and absolutely and um, a cool picture. And yeah, I just encourage you today to yeah. to seek holiness, to pursue yeah. holiness, Amen. without which we will not see God. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's awesome. Um, you know, again, God, His faithfulness. You know, if we belong to Him. We can go through times where, man, maybe I'm not really desiring holiness very much. Well, then repent. Right. I've had, I mean, good grief, like every day, you know, and it's kind of hyperbolic, but I've had seasons of that where I'm like, Lord, I've kind of noticed in my own walk that I'm not really seeking holiness maybe like I was before. Forgive me and implant a desire within me for holiness, for sanctification, because that's your will for me. And he's faithful, again, to do that, mm-hmm. you know, for those of us that really truly belong to him, the desire for victory over sin and the desire to be conformed more and more into the image of Christ, that is a prayer that I guarantee you the Father will answer every time. Mm-hmm. That is the will of God, your sanctification. 
expressed multiple places throughout the scriptures. Um, In fact, um, I pointed out that in the New Testament, every time the will of God is mentioned in relation to our lives, it's always in context of our character and who we are, never in like what we're supposed to do with our lives. It's interesting. So obviously that matters as well, but the priority that we see in the New Testament is the inner man, who we are as a person, you know, and that's, that's God's primary concern. If, if I can use language like that, mm-hmm. you know, and so, but again, man, we fail, we falter, we stumble and fall, but God is faithful, you know? So just, I love Jesus' words to the church in uh, Ephesus, you know, that had forsaken their first love. And he just said, repent, do your first works again. So if we confess our sin, he's faithful, faithful. and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from, from all unrighteousness. First John 1, 9. Amen. I love it. Well, Colin, uh, we got to wrap it up. Uh, but thanks again for joining me. I always You're appreciate welcome. your insights and especially on this weekend where my voice is It's been a pleasure. I shot. love coming on it's here nice having you. you. <laughs> yeah, it's been a blessing for me, man. So God bless you. Thanks again, Colin. You're welcome. Lord bless you guys, and we'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Well, thanks once again for tuning into the podcast today. I hope you enjoyed this conclusion to the faithfulness of God. Now, the other voice that you heard on the podcast today is my good friend, Colin Redmond. He was a co-worker of mine at Applegate Christian Fellowship, the church in Southern Oregon where I used to work uh, and where this teaching was originally given. So it was a a joy for me to hear Colin's voice again and offering his insights, which are always great. So listeners, I hope you enjoyed that as well. Uh, Once again, please go to the podcast store, write us a review, leave us a rating, share with your friends and family, get the word out. We really appreciate it. So may the Lord bless you today and stay tuned next week for another episode looking at the attributes of God here on Centuries and Saints. Glory's on display, and that's that.